You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are in the first round of Wayne County's annual tax foreclosure auction. Online bidding continues over the next few days, and closings begin on Monday. Officials say programs in place have helped decrease the number of homes that go into tax foreclosure and end up in this auction, but advocates for ending the foreclosure auction say there are still thousands of people who stand to lose their homes this year. They say most homes in the auction are occupied by families, and once a home is sold in auction, it's much more likely to become vacant and part of Detroit's blight problem, destabilizing neighborhoods. We want to continue the conversation here on the show today, talking about this opening round of the tax foreclosure auction. What's different this year? Which way are we headed on this issue? And how can we help preserve home for more people, more of our neighbors, more of our friends and family, whom I think all of us know uh, someone who's been caught up in the tax foreclosure uh, crisis that we face here in Southeast Michigan. Joining us now to talk about what this issue is uh, Ted Phillips. He is the executive director of United Community Housing Coalition, uh, an organization that works uh, very diligently to try to mitigate the effect of tax foreclosure here in uh, Southeast Michigan. Ted Phillips, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's start with just uh, uh, an update on where we are with tax foreclosure. Uh, the mayor has has been one of the officials out front really talking about the lowering of the numbers, right? Uh, it used to be tens of thousands of homes that were caught in the snare of this of this issue uh, each fall. Uh, we, we are down significantly, but I'm wondering from your perspective, how much progress you think we've made, how much you think is in place to, to, to push that number even further, uh, and what else we need to be doing. Well, I think the numbers are down. Uh, what I'm understanding is that uh, from what it was last year, there's about 400 owner-occupied homes that are, are at, uh, up for auction right now, and about uh, the same number of tenant-occupied homes and about 1,500 vacant homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, though, I mean, that's a lot of people that are, that are in jeopardy here uh, of losing their home. Hopefully a few of those will be able to, to buy for them at, at the auction. We, we participate in that to try to help not usually in September because the prices are way too high, Mm -hmm. but in October. uh, We've been at this long enough to know, going all the way back to 2003, uh, where we've had years where there's been no one, no owner-occupied home has been taken. And, uh, you know, past uh, administrations in in the county have taken the position that at at this point they would simply uh, pull all of them and work with them. Mm -hmm. So they have that discretion to do that. I understand there's issues around that as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So certainly there has been progress. One of the things this year that's been different is that the city has put a, a big emphasis on uh, the first right of refusal period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, in fact, have worked with them. And there's 500 homes that uh, have came out of out of foreclosure, so not even part of this at this point. Uh, and that's a, a fantastic program. Um, we basically, uh, the city purchased homes from the county. Uh, we're getting the homes from the city for their costs, and we're passing it on to the occupants uh, for cost. Yeah. So it's not something where we're, it's not an investment on our part or anything like that. I, I mean, uh, but uh, let's talk a little about the, that program, which I think is, is a huge part of the, at least, uh, intermediate maybe solution, uh, to this problem. What this does effectively is make sure that, um, that people who are living in homes, uh, and maybe 
renting, I guess, or, or um, both renters and owners. Yeah. Uh, we had a pilot project a year ago of eighty that was all renters, but this year it's been renters and owners. Uh-huh. In part, as a result of the ACLU lawsuit, although the city had committed to uh, to assisting uh, low income homeowners uh, yeah. prior to that settlement. Yeah, and it, it it makes sure that they can purchase this home that they're living in uh, for a, a pretty a pretty for a fair low price. price. Right. Um, and we also sub- are able to uh, provide. Zero interest land contracts, so it's not like they have to come up with three or four thousand dollars all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do ask that they contribute something towards it. Uh, we we pay the rest, and then we collect the money back to be used to help additional folks next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the city's committed to this for the next two years, so it is one strategy uh, to try to help alleviate this problem. Um, there also has been a lot done in terms of assessment modifications. Mm-hmm. It's not where it should be necessarily, but it is made a lot of improvement. Uh, the problem, though, is that the assessments for 2015, 2016, 14, those years are still a problem. And those are the years that people are being have been foreclosed for, uh, this year for 15, and mm-hmm. next year it'll be for 2016. And next year we're also seeing, and the other issue is that we talk about, you know, how many are left at this point in time, but it's also how many, how many you start off with, because that's where the job has to be done. Uh, and next year there's roughly 40,000 properties in Wayne County, most of those Detroit, that we have to sift through to get down to these small numbers in the fall. So it kind of looks like small numbers when you start out with the with outrageously high ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, you know, 400 is is way too many homeowners uh, to lose their homes. 400 tenants is way too many to be displaced. And we know that some of the 1,500 vacancies are not really vacant. Uh, right. We know from past history when we've done this that anywhere from 15 to 20% of those are occupied because they're vacant based upon uh, outreach that was done in October through de- most of them outreach that's done in October through December of last year, and things change. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's yeah. a lot within that group that people are finally able to move in. There's a number of people that have probably been scammed. Uh, that's a, a common, unfortunate sure. problem here. Sure. Uh, so there's, there's still a lot more to be done. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder whether you have seen changes in attitude or approach to this issue from the officials who are involved. I mean, as you point out, there are there are things that are moving the needle uh, in terms of the numbers and, and the way we do these things. But do you feel as though uh, the, the people who are responsible for this or in charge of it are thinking differently about uh, about? tax foreclosure? I think there's much more of a concern for trying to minimize the number of homes going into mm-hmm. the auction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that certainly that, that's very true. I think it's very true, particularly of the city of Detroit and the administration there. Uh, I think the county treasurer is also concerned about that and has taken some steps to try to do some things around that. What concerns me on that in part, though, is that, that one, of the, one of the tools that's available was the interest reduction plan, which, which lowers interest from 18% to 6% mm-hmm. and gives people an extended time to pay uh, in situations where they're not able to keep up with that. And, and that has taken thousands of homes out of foreclosure. Uh, that's going to end next year unless the, unless the state uh, uh, extends it again. Uh, that's going to end next year, and I, I am concerned about what happens after that without with that tool not being available. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, when they fall behind on taxes, the, the 18% credit card kind of interest uh, just eats them up. And, uh, you know, even if they can make it so they can pay the taxes, 
the burden of the extra interest is is something that's very difficult to do. Sure, sure. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Ted Phillips. He's the executive director of the United Community Housing Coalition. We are talking about the Wayne County tax foreclosure auction underway now. The September auction is. Uh, Monday is when uh, properties begin closing during that uh, September auction. Uh, each year, of course, we see thousands of properties here in Southeast Michigan subject to the threat of tax foreclosure because people fall behind on their taxes. Uh, And in years past, at least, we have seen lots and lots of people displaced from their homes because of those tax foreclosure issues. People put out of homes that they own because they couldn't pay their back taxes. Uh, We're talking about how different this year may look uh, because of things that have been put into place to try to mitigate the effect of tax foreclosure here in Southeast Michigan. We're talking about what other things might be done to get us to a place where we're preserving more homes for people uh, who who find themselves in this trouble. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Tell us what you think about tax foreclosure. Uh, tell us what it looks like in your neighborhood. Uh, is this a, one of the things that drives blight and abandonment in uh, a neighborhood that you live in here in Detroit or in uh, other parts of Wayne County. Also, give us a call if you have an idea for ways that you think it might look different. Uh, what, what, what might we do differently uh, to try to keep more people in their homes rather than losing them for sometimes <clears throat> just a couple thousand dollars worth of back taxes? Again, the number, as always, on the phones is 313 577 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. <clears throat> Ted, I, I wonder if I can get you to talk a little about what you think <clears throat> the long-term solve is for this problem. I mean, uh, nobody wants to see people put out of their homes, uh, but we also have a real problem with delinquent taxes, uh, in the, especially in the city of Detroit. And of course, taxes are the way that the city raises money to provide services. So it's kind of a, a catch-22. Uh, and I, I wonder what, what you think uh, we ought to be working toward as an end where this makes much more sense, I guess, uh, than, 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 than it does right now. Well, certainly we should be getting the taxes right. Uh, and we've already made a decision that, as a city, that people who are low income are, are going to be exempted from them. There's mm-hmm. a state law that, that provides for that, and the city has decided uh, that they will do it in a certain way that will allow for 100% exemption. So we need to be finding ways to make sure that, that people are aware of that and are able to get what's, what the city calls the uh, Homeowner Property Tax uh, Assistance Program or the property tax ex- uh, Poverty Tax Exemption. So we need to make sure that they're aware of that. We know that there's probably upwards of 30,000 households that are, are uh, uh, eligible for it. And we know last year was one of the biggest years we've had, which was about 5,500. Mm-hmm. So we know that a lot of people are falling through the cracks. We know historically at the auction time that a majority of the homes that are end up being sold are sold from people that should have not had the taxes to pay anyway. So yeah. we know there's that. Secondly, we know that there is still assessment issues going back to at least to 15 and 16 uh, that are going to be a, an issue in the future. Uh, unfortunately, there's no way that currently exists for the city to uh, correct those after a certain point in time. 
Uh, there's also no way to go back on the poverty tax exemption and, and make corrections. So certainly if there was a state change to allow for uh, corrections to go back more than one year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that would certainly be a positive thing. There has been some discussion about giving local communities the leeway to uh, exercise a poverty tax exemption going back three years. I think that would be extremely helpful. I, there hasn't been discussion that I'm aware of about changing assessments, uh, but I think that that would be something that would be w- that warrants discussion as well. Yeah. The other issue is that you know really it, it may change. It may change with fewer properties being available. It may change with the market uh, changing somewhat. Uh, uh, property values becoming more uh, higher in Detroit. But in past years, uh, you know, the bottom line is this has not been a great way to collect taxes. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. you got to October, uh, the October auction, you know, very often you would see 10 to 15 cents on the tax dollar is all that's being collected. And you add into that the fact that you're very often uh, selling these properties to investors who are not paying their taxes, not despite the fact that there's, there's been efforts to try to change that. They're still not paying them. Mm-hmm. And the long-term effects of losing a tax base by – uh, you know, making vacant properties, having properties torn down. Right. I mean, that's not working either. So right. yes, we need to do a better job of collecting, but certainly we should make sure first that the people are b- being taxed what they should be taxed. And secondly, then look at other kinds of ways to getting getting help to the folks who are left. Uh, you know, maybe we need to just, just voluntarily do five-year plans or something like that for those who are behind. Um, and we need to look at long-term changing the interest rate so that, so that it stays down to six, or that, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what the logic was behind having an 18% interest rate other right. than it gives government more money other to than operate usury, one. right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's not working to the best interest of the communities and the people. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Also, we'd love to hear from you if you are somebody who's facing a problem with tax foreclosure or back taxes that you can't seem to manage uh, to pay. Uh, let's go to Ron in Detroit. Ron, welcome to Detroit Today. Yes, how you doing? Good. Um, I was in a pro, uh, program payment plan, and um, we was paying the payment on time, and all of a sudden we got a letter saying that we was not in the payment plan anymore. It was for the 14 taxes and the 15 taxes. Hmm. So now I get a letter that's saying that uh, I got to have it paid up by March of 2019. It's only like uh, $600 that we owe. On the 15 taxes, hmm. but I wonder why. How do we get off the payment plan? How how would we pick up the payment plan? We was on the payment plan for the last three years. Right, right, uh, Ron. Yeah. I think uh, I, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, do this on the air. But if you can hang on, we can get you the number for a United Community Housing Coalition, and I'm pretty sure they could uh, help you out, uh, or, or at least figure out what's going on. Kind of problem we deal with every day. So, yes, yeah, right. and, and I don't want to make light of it, but it's it, there's all sorts of different things that could have happened, including mistakes. I mean, uh-huh. when you have 40, 50, this year there was 52,000 properties in foreclosure. You know, the, the treasurer's office does a miraculous job at, at, at trying to keep on top of stuff. But, you know, 1% error, half a percent error is still a lot of people. And, I, you know, it sounds like something we could help you resolve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron, I appreciate the call. And uh, like I said, hang on. We will uh, get you in touch with somebody who can uh, help you with that issue. Uh, let's go to Thomas in Livonia. Thomas, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Go ahead. So um, I just wanted to speak on how grotesque it is right now that we're moving forward with these auctions when we've proven time and time again that it is one of the biggest 
risks to Detroit as a whole. It is taking people out of houses, which is the number one cause of blight that mm-hmm. Mayor Duggan is so actively removing. But um, my current anxiety right now is all in regards to funding. Now, um, Ted, you're, you're, in, you're in charge of the follow-up of the, the ACLU lawsuit of the overappraisal that you were talking about earlier, and my question is directly to you. Um, May, uh, Mayor Duggan has pledged to find funding, but we have infi- inside information that funding for the next several years has already run out. Hmm. So how exactly are we intending to find this funding, um, especially in this period where there's this very, very bizarre lack of priorities here where 250 million is going to go to the uh to ford for the uh michigan central for, uh, michigan central station right. but we can't keep uh, individual homeowners in their houses um and we don't have money for these programs where is that going to come from yeah uh great question thomas i i, I want to make sure i understand um uh, you're talking about the right of uh, for, uh, right of first refusal program funding for that homeowners and tenants who've been kept in their homes following the uh, the, the loss the of lawsuit, the ACLU the regarding that overpraisal and overtaxation historically. Okay. Thomas, thank you very much for the call and the questions. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, our, our, our approach is that we can only control what we can control. So we are, we'll have an aggressive effort to, uh, to work with everybody who has bought a home. To, uh, they have to pay back what was loaned to them. The homeowners don't have to pay the full amount back. Those are those are uh, capped at a thousand dollars, but we're hoping through that process to have about uh, roughly a million dollars available next year for uh, whoever's whoever's we're able to purchase for. Uh, what the city's plans are in terms of what they can add to that, uh, what the foundations might be able to come back and and assist with. A lot of the money we've gotten this year has been from pr- predominantly from two foundations, uh, as well as others that we've raised. Um, and the city's contributed a goodly portion this year, to their credit. Part of that was through the lawsuit, and part of it was above and beyond that. So there has been a lot uh, done. Uh, what the long-term plans are on the other other parties' end, I don't know. But on our end, we're hoping to uh, to work with folks to get the money back to be able to use it again. When we work, do workshops and meet with individual uh, individuals buying this year, we point out that you know you're getting this for costs, mm-hmm. but it's important that it's important to the next year's folks, just like you. Uh, for us to be able to collect this. So we'll work with you, give you time, work out something that makes sense, try to get other kinds of issues resolved along the way. Um, but we need the money back so we can then be able to assist others. Yeah, yeah. Thomas, thanks very much for the call again. And the questions, let's go to Bernadette in Northwest Detroit. Bernadette, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Hi. One of the problems, if you should fall into delinquency, is that you're nickeled and dimed to death. I have since paid up my taxes, but I did receive a delinquency notice. I had to pay for a title search and an additional recording fee of $30. Mm-hmm. That came to $200. Additionally, hmm. over the cost of my taxes, hmm. and they didn't even send me a copy of the title search wow. that I had to pay for. Wow, uh, Bernadette, that's a great uh, that's a great example of uh, I think another problem here, which is Ted that that it's not just the taxes that uh, you end up paying. As you were pointing out, you've got this interest that the, that uh, gets collected, but you've also got these fees. Right. When you're one year behind on March 1st, uh, there's a, a, a title search fee and there's an administrative fee that's added on. That's roughly the amounts that were said there. Uh, and that doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the, the adjustments made on the interest, uh, that all those other 
uh, problems are still there. The other one that's a huge, huge, huge issue uh, in the past has been water bills. You know, they get added yes. on. Yes. There's not a lot of ability to challenge water bills, even if they are wrong. Um, and uh, then you add 18% interest on top of the water bill, and it, it really does become a, a huge, huge, huge problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bernadette, thank you very much for the call uh, and the information. Let's go to Ryan on the east side of Detroit. Ryan, welcome to Detroit. Right. Good morning, you all. Uh-huh. Um, so I got two points to make uh, really quickly. Um, maybe uh, in a city that has such a, uh, a large um, vacant property uh, bank, mm-hmm. Uh, instead of taxing uh, actual property that we may raise a city sales tax hmm. or, or some other way of collecting taxes uh, because that, that the process don't exist, so there's nothing to tax. Right. Ryan, before you get to your second point, I just want to say you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> I have been talking for a long time about the fact that uh, this is a city that was built on the idea of being able to collect enough money from property taxes to and an income tax actually to to provide services, but the, the city has changed so much, especially in the last twenty to thirty years, uh, in terms of the way we live in it and who is here, you know, using uh, using the city and using its services. Uh, we we do need to, I think, have a really big conversation about how we generate that revenue and property tax. Uh, may be an antiquated and maybe outdated way of doing it and certainly shouldn't be uh, the only way that that we're relying on it. So I, I kudos to you for uh, for calling and suggesting that. What, what was your second point, Ryan? I can't remember what the public act was, but uh, where uh, we have in our state constitution where municipal workers are allowed to work outside of the municipality that they live yeah. in. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we, we saw in uh, 2000 right after the... Uh, the act was passed that uh, we had an influx of people leaving the city who I am assuming were uh, city of Detroit workers. And then mm-hmm. that left us with a, a big gouge of our tax base. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, uh, that's absolutely, that's a, another great point. Unfortunately, uh, the Supreme Court uh, here in Michigan says we would have to change our constitution to, to, to do that. And I don't really... I don't think that's uh, something that's going to happen um, sometime soon. But this idea that we have to think about this differently, I think, is very important. Uh, this over-reliance on property taxes, the way that we fund city government in the city, is is a huge, it's kind of a meta problem that lurks behind this tax foreclosure uh, issue. Uh, thanks very much for the call and the comments, Ryan. Let's go to Aaron in Detroit. Aaron, welcome to Detroit Hey, good today. morning. Uh-huh. Quickly, I just want to say, and and I agree with Thomas, the previous caller, about we can do all of these things for these corporate entities and all these tax breaks, but uh, there's a disingenuous, almost a pretense of wanting to help the 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 actual citizen. Now, I'm a city employee, have been for 32 years. I bought a house. I've stayed in the city. I didn't run away. I've been here paying taxes. <laughs> I bought a house in the auction. Mm-hmm. I'm being charged a blight. Uh, 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 fee for uh, uh, something that was put there before I bought the house. Wow. It was put there by a business behind the house. I, I proved that. I filed with the ombudsman. But I'm not getting any relief. I'm not getting any relief from, from being somebody who stayed, from somebody who has uh, carried the city, some, somebody who has been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, the mayor is 
doing a lot of lip service to uh, the appreciation for the citizens who have stayed here, but we're not getting it in, in, in essence uh, uh, in any kind of relief. Yeah, and Aaron, I think it's time to start giving back to those city employees and those citizens who stayed here and who have towed the line, and it's time to start giving us something for our efforts. Aaron, uh, great point. Uh, and, and again, the story that you're telling I think highlights one of the one of the real sort of circular logic kind of problems that we have here is that uh, people get punished uh, for doing the right thing too often in Detroit, and then and uh, we've got to sort some of that stuff out from a policy perspective. I think, and think about ways to, as you point out, to to appreciate the people who stayed here and are trying to to make the city a better place. Okay, Ted Phillips, Executive Director of United Community Housing Coalition. It was really great to have you here Thank you. on Detroit Today. Up next, uh, my week, the show that I uh, co-host with Christy McDonald and Nolan Finley, is changing to one Detroit on Detroit Public Television. We're going to talk about what those changes are going to look like next. Stay with us on Detroit Today. <laughs> 